All right. Well, praise the Lord. That was an awesome time hearing from Principal Nepp and honoring her and the Schofield family. And that, that leads us right into our sermon for today. We're in a series that we've titled Honor, Honoring the Lord in All We Think, Say, and Do. And last week, we kicked off a sermon that I titled God Honors Honor, that God is an honoring God. He's the God of honor, and he honors his children when we follow him in that pursuit. And last week, we did an honor challenge, our first ever honor challenge, Monday through Friday. It was that. It was challenging for me. Nina and I, we, we, we went for it, and I hope you did too, and I hope you enjoyed it. And I want to just go ahead and kick it off with Monday's honor challenge right now. Come on, if you're ready, say ready. If you're down, say I'm down in the comments, and you haven't even heard it yet, but you're just by faith saying I'm down. I like it, right? Here's Monday's honor challenge. Just with that being just a moving moment right there and the first day of school coming up tomorrow, first day, first honor challenge, here it is. Honor an educator. I just wanna encourage you on Monday, the first honor challenge is this. Find you a teacher, a past teacher, a present teacher, or an administrator, somebody who works in the education field in Las Vegas somewhere, and just honor them. Here's what that may look like. It may look like a text. It may look like a phone call. If you want to go beyond that, go beyond it. Initiate a meeting. Send a gift and just say, hey, I, I just want to honor you. So Monday's Honor Challenge finds you somebody who works in education and be intentional to honor them. I already got my pick. I'm going to take my wife, and she works in the education world, and I'm going to honor her uh, that day. First day back to school for so many. Some have already started, but Monday's honor challenge, honor an educator. If you're down, say I'm down. I love it. Come on, down. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it. Well, today we're jumping back into the word. We're looking at this series, and I believe not only does God honor, honor, but God, he bends down he looks with his eyes and he is surveying and searching for people that have hearts that are filled with honor. I wanna preach from that subject here this morning. The title of my message today is Hearts Filled with Honor. Hearts Filled with Honor. Father, help us to have those. God, I pray for everybody watching right now that God, we would have hearts that are filled with honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you know, come on, by show of hands, wherever you're watching right now, that God has x-ray vision? Come on, that God, he looks past our clothes, he looks past our flesh, and he looks directly into our hearts. This is the message that God told David in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. He said, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, maybe you would ask, why is that such a big deal? Why does God look at our hearts? And that's a good question. I think one of the reasons and a very important reason that God looks at our heart is because the heart influences our minds, our heart influences our body. Our heart influences our emotions. Our heart influences who we are. The proverb writer Solomon, Proverbs 4, verse 23, he says, guard your heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course of your life. 
the course of your life is determined by your heart. Or as the NIV translation says, everything you do flows from your heart. So here's what I believe. If you're gonna be an honoring leader, if you're gonna be an honoring brother, an honoring sister, an honoring Christian, here's what's gonna have to happen. You gotta have a heart that's filled with honor. Honor toward God and and honor toward people. Here's really what I believe, and this is a defining statement. I really believe that honor-filled hearts lead to honor-filled lives. Come on, just say it with me right now. Ready? One, two, three. Honor-filled hearts lead to honor-filled lives. We, we find this truth on display in Matthew chapter 15 as Jesus is ministering to Pharisees and scribes. Pharisees were the religious elite of the day. They, they valued moral living. They, they valued ethical living. They valued the the word of God specifically in the Old Testament, in the Torah. They were memorizing scripture. They were observing and obeying the laws in the Old Testament. And they were making it a practice to live these things out. And so they're, they're curious about this person, Jesus, who's saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm fulfilling all the laws. And the scribes were those who wrote about the Pharisees. The scribes were the ones who rolled with the Pharisees with their, with their tablets and their scrolls. And they would write about what the Pharisees would teach and what they would do. And so the Pharisees and the scribes, they, they come from Jerusalem and they roll up on Jesus in Matthew chapter 15. And this is where we pick it up today. Come on, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. Come on, let's lean into this word right now. Matthew chapter 15, verses one through nine. Let's go. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders for they do not wash their hands when they eat? He answered them. And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, What you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites, right? Jesus is putting them on blast right here. He says, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you? When he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Again, the title of my message today is Honor Filled Hearts. What is filling your heart today? Our hearts are filled with something. Jesus here says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus says, these people, they know how to worship, but their worship is is void. Their worship is in vain. I looked up that word vain, and we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but some synonyms for the word vain means unsuccessful, right? Think about that. One thing I don't want to be unsuccessful in is my worship toward Christ. 
right? Another word to define vain is useless, that our worship would be counted as useless. Jesus says, it's possible to honor Christ with your lips and have hearts that are far from him. It's possible to worship Jesus and to do it in vain. Let's go ahead and talk about this subject, honor-filled hearts, to make sure we're on the right side of this conversation when it comes to honoring Jesus. Amen? Come on, let's look at it together. Let's start with verses one and two and bring some exposition to this passage. The text says, Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. The first point of my sermon here today is simply this. Honor-filled hearts look more to celebrate than to criticize. Honor-filled hearts, here's one way you can tell if you have it. Do you look more to celebrate than to criticize? One thing I notice here about the Pharisees and the scribes is, man, they seem quick to criticize. They seem quick to question. They seem quick to step right past the fact that they're talking to Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, Yeshua. The Word became flesh and dwelled among them, and they go right for this question. It's so critical. This right here, my friends, is not an honoring spirit. This is what we would call a, a critical spirit. I was reading in the Biblical Counseling Coalition article that said, a critical spirit is a negative attitude of the heart that seeks to condemn, tear down, and destroy with words. A critical spirit creates blind spots in a person's heart and mind, causing them to believe they are being constructive. In reality, it is characterized as the ungodly. A critical spirit is an ungodly character a critical spirit lacks honor. We find here the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they, they don't even say Jesus's name. They don't start by saying, hey, hey, Jesus, we wanna greet you. We wanna welcome you. We wanna honor you. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you came down from heaven. We're so glad you're living the prophetic Messiah prophecies out right before us. We, we love you and we have some questions for you. They don't do that. They just step right up and say, why do your disciples not do it how we think they should do it? Why do your disciples not keep the traditions of the elders? And I wonder if Jesus was like, where's the honor? Last week, we gave you our new Walk Church distinctive, just one of the distinctives that we're gonna be rolling out, and that's this. Honor is our expectation. This distinctive that is, is specific to our walk church culture is that honor's not an option. Honor's not a suggestion. I'm finding more and more that honor's our expectation. And here's why. Because I find Jesus expecting honor. And so we're not gonna leave it up to default to see if we're gonna honor Christ or not. We're gonna honor him as Lord and Savior in all we think, say, and do because he expects it and he's worth it. He's worthy of it. But not only that, he calls us to honor each other, right? All throughout the scriptures, he's teaching us to honor our father and mother, honor one another, outdo each other in showing honor. And so we're learning how to do that through this series. And one way he says it's not gonna happen is if you're, if you're having a critical 
spirit. They say, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? I I really believe this situation would have turned out so much different if they would have approached Jesus with honor. I think one way to do this is by being celebratory. It's It's by leading with greeting. That was, I like that right there. Leading with greeting. This right here, man, this makes me miss in-person services so bad because I love our greeter team at Walk Church. We have such a fantastic greeter team, especially those like Pastor Dean and Dorlisa, Pastor Gary and Seaham and so many of our other Dream Team members that serve on our greeter team. Miss Maria handing out the bulletins and just uh, uh, the, the, that walkway, those pop-up signs. I can't wait to meet back in person just to experience our greeter team. Greeting is a biblical topic. Greeting is a biblical position. We find Paul in Romans 16, 16 say, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you, right? Paul is saying that greeting is a church thing. He says here, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now I would say, This is not something that you need to practice literally with a holy kiss. That could be dangerous. (laughs) Literally right now, it could be dangerous and it could be weird in a lot of ways. I'm not saying that we need to practice holy kisses, but the form of greeting is something that we need to recover and restore in church. The word greet is the Greek word asposomai. Asposomai, here's what that means, to receive joyfully to welcome, to salute, to wish well. One thing I don't see from the Pharisees and the scribes here is that when they approach Jesus, I don't see them receiving him joyfully. I see them questioning him. I don't see them welcoming Jesus. I see them repelling Jesus. I don't see them wishing well on Jesus. I see them calling for his death on a cross. I I don't see honor here from the Pharisees and the scribes. They just jump right to questions. And I don't think that questions are a bad thing. I think you got to check your heart before you ask the question. And, and, And here's some ways to do that. Ask, is your question motivated by selfish ambition? Is your questions motivated by trying to prove a point? Is your questions or arguments motivated by trying to be right or trying to be like Christ, right? We find Jesus here saying, hey, where's the greeting? Where's the honor? And as Christians, let us model this on display. Third John chapter one, verse 15, this verse was a game changer in my life. John says, peace be to you. Here's how John starts his greeting, right? He says, hey, let let me kick this off with peace, right? He says, shalom, right? Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. There's so much power in a name, amen? Like, greet somebody and get to know their name. Give a, give a, well, I was gonna say give a handshake, but maybe give a fist pound, give a wave, right? And ask, What's your name? There's honor in knowing somebody's name. There's honor in remembering somebody's name. There's dignity in in a name. And, And here John says, greet each friend by 
name. I think this, this situation would have been different if the people would have said, hey, Jesus. The name Jesus in itself means savior. But they just jump and say, why? Go right to it. And they, they lacked honor. So I've been reading the scriptures. I'm learning more and more that the Bible never calls us to have a critical or a complainer spirit. In fact, Jesus's brother James says it like this in James chapter five, verse nine. He says, brothers and sisters, listen up, right? Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another. Oh man, I might just close my Bible right now. We can go home off that. Brothers and sisters, do not complain about one another. We gotta do a better job about releasing complaints to the Lord, right? And, and don't complain about one another, honor one another, right? He says it here, don't complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Come on, the presence of God is near. God is close and he's leaning in and listening in and he wants to see hearts that are filled with honor. The Bible never calls us to have a critical spirit. The Bible calls us to have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is an honoring spirit. The Holy Spirit produces fruit, fruit that looks like this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are characteristics of having hearts that are filled with honor. I want to give you the, the second honor challenge for next week. On Tuesday, here's my challenge, right? Monday, honor an educator. On Tuesday, honor the Lord by greeting someone. Honor the Lord by greeting somebody. Here's, here's what I mean by that. Don't wait to be greeted, initiate greeting. Don't wait for somebody to honor you. You initiate the honor towards somebody. Don't wait for somebody to invite you. You do the inviting. Initiate a greeting. Maybe it's holding the door for somebody. Maybe it's inviting somebody to coffee. Maybe it's just blessing somebody with a phone call, not to ask for something, but just to greet them. Maybe it's saying, hey, I forgot your name. Remind me your name. I want to remember your name. I want to greet you. I want to, I want to ask you about your story. I want to greet you. The, the challenge for Tuesday is honor the Lord by greeting one another. Are you down? Do you receive it? Challenge accepted. And we'd love to hear about some of your powerful greeting stories. Let's keep on reading right here in the text because there's more to come. Matthew 15, starting in verse three. So Jesus answers, right? He, he has an answer for the Pharisees and the scribes. Here's what he says. He answered them, why do you break the commandment of God? So they say, hey, Jesus. They don't even say that. They just go right to him and say, why does your disciples break the tradition of the elders by not washing their hands before they eat? And Jesus says, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother why what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his 
Father. Now, this is an interesting text here. It required me doing some more word study and commentary study and cultural study as to what, in fact, Jesus was getting at in this text. But I I really found that Jesus is identifying honor linked to generosity. The the second point in this sermon is this. Honor-filled hearts look more to be generous than to be selfish. The first point is honor-filled hearts right, look more to celebrate than to criticize. And right here we see that honor-filled hearts look more to be generous than to be selfish. Jesus says, hey, let, let me give you an honor verse. For God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. Wow. Now that's a challenging verse right there, especially for parents and for children and honoring father and mother. But what was happening in the culture of that time is that there were Pharisees and these scribes and just different people in general, they started to get away from the actual words of scripture and they started to make their own little caveats and twists and tweaks and they were finding loopholes in the word that didn't even exist. So for example, in this case, Jesus said, What you guys are doing is, even though it says that we're called to honor our father and mother, you guys are saying, hey, well, I'm not going to honor my father and mother. I'm going to neglect my father and mother, and I'm just going to do it and say, you know, I'm called to honor God with my money financially and my time, so I don't have to honor my father and mother anymore. Does that make sense? So they basically said, hey, We're just going to use the Lord as a scapegoat as to why we should neglect our parents. That's what Jesus means here in this text when he says it like this. He says, right, he goes, he goes, you've heard it. God commanded, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So here's what they're saying. The people are saying, hey, I don't need to honor my father or mother because I'm giving my honor to God. And Jesus goes, don't separate the two. These people were storing up money and were saying, okay, look, you know, hey, I just got to honor the Lord, so... I got to go spend all the money on myself because that's what God wants me to do so I don't have to honor my father. And Jesus is saying, look, your guys' motivation is selfish. Honor-filled hearts look more to be generous than to be selfish, right? That this, is, this is where parents were in need and they were saying, well, I got to give my money to God first so I got to neglect you. Jesus is saying, you, you missed it, my friend. When it comes to having an honor-filled heart and living an honor-filled life, you're you're never going to, on one hand, break God's commandment, right, to uphold another that is dishonoring God. It's, It's not going to work. God is not a contradictory God. He says his word works together. Jesus is saying here, if you really want to honor me, be generous, not selfish. Love what Philippians 2 says. Right, verses one through four talks about it. it says, let us put aside any type of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others more important than yourselves. Right? Selfish ambition flees when you have an honor-filled 
heart and Jesus is calling the Pharisees on it. So here's, here's the third honor challenge for this upcoming week. Come on, if you're ready, say I'm ready. If you're down, say I'm down. Here's Wednesday's honor challenge. Simply put, honor the Lord through an act of generosity. Honor the Lord through an act of generosity. Look for an opportunity Wednesday to be generous. Look for an opportunity to bless. Look for an opportunity to give even if you don't receive. Look for an opportunity to get the tab. Look for an opportunity to say, hey, I wanna bless you and be generous to you. It may not even have to do with finances. It could be generous with your time. It could be generous with your resources. It could be generous with your muscle. I don't know. It could be generous. You might help pick something up. You might help somebody move. You might help somebody get to point A to point B. You might be generous with something. When you're generous, you honor God. I don't know of a better way to be like Jesus than to give because he gave his life. Maybe Wednesday, you might make the commitment to start giving to walk. You might say, I'm going to start honoring the Lord with my wealth. But here's what Jesus demonstrates to the Pharisees and the scribes, right? The Pharisees and the scribes, they show up and they say, hey, Jesus, how come your disciples aren't keeping with the tradition? And Jesus says, how come you're not honoring with your generosity? And Jesus has that on display. Come on, let's keep reading. Let's keep working through this passage. Verse six, so, so for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The third point of this message today is this. Honor-filled hearts look more to the word of God rather than the traditions of man. Honor-filled hearts look more to the words of the book to the words of Christ, to the words of God himself, and less to the traditions of man. Notice what Jesus says here. He says, for the sake of tradition, you've made void the word of God. This word void means, by definition, completely empty. Jesus said, you have prioritized your traditions, your man-made logical traditions, your routines, your, uh, the, the, the things that maybe were passed down to you from different generations. You have prioritized those things, and in the process, you have become empty when it comes to God and his word. Honor-filled hearts prioritize the word. Honor-filled hearts have word-filled hearts. Jesus says to the Pharisees, you have made void the word of God in your life. No wonder the Pharisees showed up and lacked honor. No wonder they did, because in their lives, they lacked the word. Right? When you have a famine of God's word in your life, you're going to have a famine of honor toward him and to each other. And I would even say this right now, if, if you would just give me some permission to just keep it 100 with you. Can I keep it 100? I don't want to keep it 80 or 75. I want to be 100 with you right now. Just, just look at me for a moment. Some of you watching this right now, 
your life would start to look completely different, changed. Your life would get flipped upside down the moment you started to have a real relationship with the word of God. The, the moment where you, you stopped treating this less like a chore and more like a relationship, right? Where you stop saying, okay, I, I'll read the word because I have to and more because I get to. Your, your life will never be the same again. The moment you get committed to having a relationship with God and his word daily, personally, real, fresh, vibrant time with God and his word. Jesus looks at the Pharisees and he says, you do so good keeping the traditions of man, but you've become void, useless, empty when it comes to the word of God. Notice three times in this text, right? We saw it in verse three. He answered them, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Verse number six, for the sake of your tradition, you've made void the word of God. We're gonna see it in verse nine. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Suddenly there was this exchange where we find the Pharisees, those who were known to be closest to God, exchanging the word of God for the traditions of man. I don't know what that looks like in your lives, but we all have tendencies to do this. Right? Maybe, maybe you once read the Bible when you woke up in the morning, but then suddenly you began, you, you began to have a man-made tradition where instead of reading the word in the morning, you checked social media in the morning. Instead of reading the word in the morning and hearing God's voice, you heard your partner's voice. Instead of going to sleep with the word of God on your mind, you went to sleep with somebody else on your mind. Maybe you have exchanged God's word for a man-made tradition and honor-filled hearts, honor-filled hearts prioritize God and his word. Let me give you the fourth honor challenge for Thursday. Come on, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. Here it is. Honor the Lord by establishing a new routine in the word of God. Honor the Lord by establishing a new routine. Come on, Thursday, you don't have to wait till Thursday, but if you're gonna take this honor challenge, definitely Thursday, look at your schedule. You got 24 hours in a day, all right? Look at your schedule and say, I'm gonna start a new routine. Like for me, one thing that I've committed to, you've heard me say this for years, let me say it again. I start my day, it's a routine. I start my day, by reading the proverb of the day, right? So if it's the 23rd, start the day with Proverbs 23rd. That doesn't have to be your routine. That's my routine. Another routine that I've practiced in my life is that I'm always reading something in the Old Testament and something in the New Testament, right? I'm getting ready to start a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, right? I'm currently reading in the book of Genesis in the afternoon time, I start with the proverb in the morning and I'm getting ready to pick it up in the New Testament by initiating a gospel, right? And I just wanna encourage you, find a routine that works for you and do it. 
If you're not able to establish a routine in the word, it's likely that you have elevated a tradition of man above the word of God. If you're doing that, just know that that's not an honor-filled heart to God. You may end up looking more Pharisaic than as a disciple of the Lord himself. Let's go ahead and go to the last couple verses. We're about to wrap up. Here we go. I know this is a challenging message, but I love Walk Church because we embrace the challenge, amen? We embrace the walk one step at a time. These last couple verses say it like this. Jesus says, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching the, as doctrines the commandments of men. The, the fourth and final point of this sermon is this. Honor-filled hearts look to worship the Lord because they get to, not because they have to. Here, Jesus, right, he's talking to the Pharisees and scribes, and here's what he says. He says, this people, this people in front of me, disciples, check this out. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He's fulfilling the prophecy found in Isaiah's prophetic book. He says, this people in front of me, they worship me, but they worship in vain, teaching as doctrines, teaching as the word of God, the commandments of man, right? Jesus, he, he sees this, he knows this because he sees what's in the heart. That's why Jesus can say, your heart is far from me. Uh, let me ask you this. If Jesus were to just show up at your heart house right now, would he apply this to you? He would, would, would he potentially say, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is so far from me. That maybe you don't have an honor-filled heart. If you do, praise God. But I know even for me, there's times where my heart has grown cold toward the Lord in specific areas and I need to be warmed again. I'm gonna have an honor-filled heart. Let me give you one more reality statement. We'll put it on the screen for you. Here it goes. Failure to honor God with your heart in private will limit God's activity in your life in public. Failure to honor God with your heart in private, in other words, when nobody can see, right? What's going on up here with your mind? What's going on here in your heart, right? The heart and the mind are directly linked. There's these lightning bolt triggers that, that go all throughout the day from the heart to the mind. So Jesus knows what's going on inside. He says, failure to honor God with your heart in private, this is the defining reality, will limit God's activity in your life in public. So this is my challenge to you is, is to make it a practice to not just honor the Lord with your lips. It's called lip service. Empty words. But to honor the Lord with your heart. In vain do they worship me. The word vain, by definition, means to produce zero results. <laughs> Producing no results. This, the worship of the Pharisees was ineffective. The worship of the Pharisees stopped at the ceiling. Jesus says it's in vain. It doesn't do anything. Didn't reach him. 
Jesus says, because their hearts were far. But friend, if we could have hearts that are warmed at the cross, warmed in Christ, warmed in the gospel, we're gonna have the hearts that Jesus is looking for. He tells us in John chapter four, right? He says, it's those worshipers that I'm seeking, those who worship me in spirit and in truth. Let us have those type of hearts. The final honor challenge is on Friday. And here it is, honor the Lord by identifying where your heart has grown cold to Jesus and ask him to rekindle the flame. Honor the Lord by identifying where your heart has grown cold to Jesus. There may be an area it's grown cold. It could be in the word or it could be in prayer or it could be in worship or it could be with church where maybe you once felt this warmth when it came to church. You felt this warmth in the word. You felt this warmth in prayer. You felt felt this warmth in small group. You felt this warmth around Christians and in Christ. Maybe there's an area that you've grown cold in. Ask Jesus, say, Jesus, where have I grown cold? And when he identifies it for you, I mean, listen long enough for him to speak. Ask him one more time, rekindle the flame. Jesus, rekindle the flame. And I I really believe that that is what he will do. Friend, honor-filled hearts lead to an honor-filled life. And I don't know anybody who lived the honor-filled life more than Jesus Christ himself. Jesus, the one who came down from heaven, who died for all of your sin, who, who lived the sinless, perfect, sacrificial life and then died a sinner's death, who died for you, who died for me, who took upon our sin on his back and honored the Lord all the way through it and then died on the cross, the man God really died, was buried in a grave, but didn't stay dead. Amen. He rose from the grave, defeating death, Satan, and hell. And he is alive and victorious today. And he says, all who would come and believe in me and repent of their sin shall be born again, will be saved, will have a new eternity, will be set free from the wages of sin and death and darkness and will be counted as a child of God. That can be your story, my friend. If you would turn from sin today and turn to him today and put your faith in a savior who loves you with nail-pierced hands, who died for you, who bore your wrath, took your shame, paid the price so that you could be made new. I would encourage you, the way to have an honor-filled heart is to have an honor-filled life that receives Jesus and walks with him all your days. And so if you don't know him as Savior, if you don't have Christ as the Lord of your heart, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. Let's pray. Father, I come before you in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray for the person watching this right now, whether that's right here on Sunday or watching this on social media right now or whatever the case may be, I just pray that this person watching or these people watching 
would identify that they're a sinner, would recognize they need to be saved, would turn away from their sin and put their faith in Christ. God, I pray we wouldn't reduce you to anything other than the Lord and Savior of the world. Right now, call upon his name. Just say, Jesus, I honor you. I worship you. I believe in you. I trust you. I love you. Save me. I turn from my past and I turn to you. Fill my heart with honor. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I just want to honor you right now. I just am so glad that you made that best decision that you could ever make to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. And I want to do this right now. I just want to give us all an opportunity to respond to this message in a song of worship and praise. I've asked some of our worship team, Vashon and Joanna, to lead us in one more song of worship. And I want to invite you to stand up and I want to invite you to sing this song, not in vain. Don't worship the Lord in vain like the Pharisees did, but worship the Lord in spirit and truth and ask him right now to fill your hearts with honor, praise, and with worship. Let's sing this out.